The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Ladies and gentlemen, mostly gentlemen, it is Greg. I'm back in studio. It is episode Patrice Bergeron of season three, episode 37. I'm back in studio. Like I said, it was a great weekend. I made it into Halifax for some NLL action, some national lacrosse league, which I'll get into in the pregame show. But you know, before we get into it, I've got to let you know that the episode is brought to you by Manscaped. If you don't have an up-to-date men's grooming kit, go over to manscaped.com. Check out all of their products. They're unbelievable. The Lawnmower 4.0 has to be my favorite. Nick Free, it, it resists water. Great. You can use it in the shower. It's an amazing product. Uh, use the code TDI for 20% off free shipping. It's unbelievable. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. I mean, gentlemen, you got to get things tidied up down there. Um, so make sure you go over to manscaped.com, use the code TDI for 20% off free shipping. Uh, the pregame show, I'll talk about a little bit about my weekend. Uh, traveled into Halifax, spent some time with some friends at uh, the NLL uh, or at the Halifax Thunderbirds game in the NLL. Uh, and then in quarter one, we'll get into the NFL. Uh, what I did is I kind of laid out, obviously we'll talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl, which which went on during the weekend. Uh, but I wanted to talk about kind of the metrics and kind of how I'm lining up each team and, and you know, maybe who wins the matchups, uh, what I expect. Um, and then we'll kind of get into, you know, where I'm going to lay my money on the money line. And then on Friday's episode, we'll get into more of the prop bets, quarter two NBA, quarter three NHL. And in quarter four, we've had some big announcements in the UFC, which we'll talk about. And we'll break down what's going on in the golf world. But, uh, but yeah, I went into Halifax on Saturday. It was unbelievably cold in Nova Scotia. Just, I think, even across Canada on uh, on the weekend. Um, so it was like 30 below. Uh, you know, it was like, I guess on, on, the, on the thermometers, it would have been 20, 25 below. But it felt like it was like almost 30, 35 below zero in, in Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit. I'm not going to do the conversion for the American listeners. But it was absolutely cold it was freezing and so where i'm from there's a lot of open farm field a lot of vulnerable highway for blowing snow and i mean i i decided to take the trip into halifax but the first 20 minutes of the road trip it took me almost an hour to get through it uh just due to the icy roads and the snow and the blowing snow but i wanted to get in there uh, a couple of my uh close buddies i'll give them the shout out dylan back and alex felt me um they work for uh molson and coors uh in in the city of in nova scotia that i'm closest to and and uh, they got the box all set up at the halifax thunderbirds game it was it was incredible um you know had a great time went to the bars afterwards um, so obviously I was a little slow moving on Sunday, but it was a good Sunday to be slow moving on because the golf on the PGA tour hadn't concluded. There was a weather delay on Saturday, so there was nothing really exciting going on there. And then obviously we know the NHL, uh, was, had a day off and, and, and the NBA was, was sort of slow moving outside of some, some massive news in the, in the uh, trade world, which we get into. Uh, but it was a good Sunday to kind of have a you know a day off, I, I should say, in terms of uh, the content. But it's going to be a massive week in sports. Um, I was going to tell a story, but I think I'm going to tell it next episode. Um, but uh, but you know what I was doing? I was you know I was chatting up some of the uh, some of the women in the scene, you know, taking swings, you know, having some misses, and uh, you know nothing uh, nothing exciting to update uh, the DI Army with. But uh, you know I'll keep you updated on that front. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move into quarter one because there is a lot to talk about. And it's obviously, we'll start off in the Pro Bowl. Uh, it was Pro Bowl weekend, NHL All-Star weekend as well. Um, the Pro Bowl, I, it's not very captivating to me. Um, it was, I was interested, actually, with Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle showing up. Uh, some, of the, some of the 49ers, obviously, who had lost in the conference championship games. The Eagles uh, went to the Pro Bowl, which is exciting. I think it's kind of a cool event um, outside of a fan's perspective for the players to bring their families. And this goes, uh, you know, for across all sports, uh, you know, to bring their families and, you know, hang out. And I think it's in, it was in Hawaii, or I'm not sure where it was this year, but historically it's been in Hawaii. Um, and I think that that should be, you know, standardized through all of the uh, sports, all of the major four pro leagues. You should have it in, you know, tropical weather scene. I mean, you don't want to give these guys their vacation in uh, Buffalo. And, and, you know, no no offense to Buffalo, but, um, you know, I think if you want to get the top talent going, um, they enjoy the nice weather, have a vacation for their family. But I, I you know, watching the highlights, I really enjoyed some of the things that they were doing. I thought the skills competition was really well done. I mean, a dodgeball tournament, how, cause that should be, you know, mandatory in all of the uh, sports. How fun is dodgeball? Not only to play, uh, probably my favorite game growing up in, in gym class in elementary gym class, dodgeball, such a great game. Um, it's, it's funny how, uh, you know, that's not organized more often. And, and, you know, maybe even like a pro league. I think that that would do well. Dodgeball is so fun to play and, and even watch. But he, the NFL players especially, they got their sticky gloves on and they're playing. So dodgeball is phenomenal. They did a golf long drive, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, you know, bring in other sports. That's another way I think that the NBA and the NHL can look at things. I mean, let make these guys play some of the other sports. And, and golf was fun. They had a long drive. They had a best catch into a swimming pool, uh, which was fantastic. So I really think they did the skills competition well. And then they did the game as a flag football game with a Mannings were the coaches, Eli and Peyton. Um, I thought the Pro Bowl did a good job. Um, I didn't watch the Pro Bowl and skills competition, so I guess I shouldn't say they did a good job because I didn't really care about it. Uh, but I did watch some of the the highlights from it. Uh, I did consume it uh, on the social media. I guess they did a good job of chopping it up and and, and, and making content out of it for uh, for the reels and, and for TikToks and, and things of that nature. Um, but, I mean, it, it's really hard to make these things captivating, especially when you do it the week before the Super Bowl. We all know what we're waiting for the big game. Um, you know, it's kind of a... It's kind of the calm before the storm, uh, before we get into media week and everything, everyone's heads and, and everyone's attention turns to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, who will play this week in the Super Bowl at State Farm Stadium in Arizona, a dome, which they don't, but they both don't play at Lincoln Financial and, and Arrowhead. They both play outside. So uh, I'm not sure if that's going to really make a, any, you know, a major difference, but they will be playing in a dome in Arizona. Um, so I, I thought I'd break it down. Like I thought I'd look at these two teams and I'd look at uh, the coaching staff. Uh, well, I guess the head coaches, the offensive, the offensive defense of these two teams and kind of say where I'm leaning. So we'll start things off. Uh, a quarterback on the offense. All right, I guess we'll start things off with the, with the head coaching uh, of Andy Reid and, and Nick Sirianni. And I think that this is, I mean, Andy Reid is Super Bowl champion in the past. He's been in that Philadelphia organization. Obviously, Nick Sirianni is early into his head coaching tenure. So, I mean, I'll lean Andy Reid in this matchup uh, in terms of the coaching. Um, but these are really, really well-balanced football teams. Th these teams are extremely good. And for, I mean, these are the two top teams in the NFL. I read a stat today. They're both at the current time uh, 16 and three, uh, and they both have scored the same amount of points on the season. Um, both number one seeds. I mean, it's, it's as even as it comes in the NFL, two number one seeds going at it here, but quarterback, I mean, you got to lean Patrick Mahomes over Jalen hurts, uh, at running back. You leave, you lean Philadelphia. Obviously, uh, rookie Pacheco has looked good at times. Jarek McKinnon, very versatile out of the backfield. 
but uh, you know, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott—they're the better backfield. Uh, and so Philadelphia wins uh, not only the running back position, but I think at the wide receiver position as well uh, with AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and, and Quez Watkins. A uh, lot of lot of injuries uh, f- right now for for Kansas City in the wide receiver position. Uh, we're not sure about Juju if he's going to play. We're not sure if Kadarius Tony's going to play. We're not sure um, if McKeel Hardman is going to play. Uh, so Vendel scale uh, Ven. Does Scantlin, anyway, I always mess that up. But MVS is going to play um, at the tight end position. Obviously, Kelsey, Kansas City wins that matchup. And these are two of the best old lines in football. Um, so I, I gave it a tie. So, I mean, the offenses, both offenses are, are capable of putting up a ton of points. It's going to be, you know, such uh, an incredible football game. I'm so excited for it. But, you know, as I looked at the offenses, uh, you know, I gave the quarterback tight end position to Kansas city, the running back wide receiver position to Philadelphia. But I mean, does this stuff really mean anything? No. I mean, it's just, I was just kind of looking at, you know, where do I lean and, and how do I think this is going to play out? Uh, and then the defense, again, both great units, but I think Philadelphia's got the better defense. Uh, we look at, I mean, their DBs are just phenomenal. Um, you know, with the, with the quarterback or the cornerback duo of Darius Slay and James Bradbury have been fantastic. Um, so I, I really do think that uh, the defensive line in Kansas City could things make, could make things difficult for Jalen Hurts at times. Um, but again, these teams are very evenly matched. Um, you know, I, in terms of defense, I lean Philadelphia. In terms of offense, I lean Kansas City. Um, but in terms of betting right now, Philadelphia stands as a point and a half favorite. I want the Eagles to win. I'll make that clear, but I'm going to hedge that. I'm going to bet on the chiefs. I'll bet on the chiefs money line. Uh, right now, uh, I'll bet on the chiefs to win and I'm going to cheer for Philadelphia. Um, and it's a, I, I don't care who wins. I hope for a good football game. Uh, I, I'm really excited to watch. Obviously I have zero, uh, stakes in the game in terms of fandom, um, but I do think that uh, Patrick Mahomes will win multiple rings, and obviously this is another opportunity for him. Uh, his third Super Bowl in the last four years um, already has one, and uh, this is going to be the first big game, obviously, for Jalen Hurts. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, but I am cheering for the Eagles because selfishly, I don't want Patrick Mahomes to take another step closer uh, to that kind of goal conversation. Obviously, he'd be a few Super Bowls away, but I mean, in his first five years to win two, I mean, he'd be well on his way to kind of getting in that conversation. Um so we'll get into the prop bets on Friday's episode. We'll talk about some of the props that I like. But at this current time, this is my official announcement on the Daily Intermission podcast. I am betting on the Kansas City Chiefs to win this football game on the money line. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, like I said, I'll cheer for the Eagles. And and uh, so both outcomes I'll be satisfied with. Um, so that's what I'll do. And I mean, I think it'll be just like a $25 bet on the, on the Chiefs money line. Plus, we get plus odds there right now. So that, that's always a good feeling. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be a really fun football game. I know my good friend Andrew Petrie is just clenching his fist right now because uh, he's a huge Eagles fan. So, uh, But I'll be cheering for the Eagles, big guy. Um, yeah, so not not a ton of news coming out of the NFL. Obviously, it was uh, Pro Bowl weekend. They had a lot of fun there. And uh, we've got the Super Bowl media week. So I'm sure we'll get a lot of sound bites this week. And, um, I know Gronk's got his beach party and it's just a really fun week. And obviously being in Arizona, it's going to be fantastic. Obviously would love to get down. Uh, what a bucket list trip that would be to watch like the Phoenix Suns say Friday night, go to the waste management Saturday and Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, unfortunately my pockets aren't as deep as that, that would demand, but what a trip that would be, um, in Arizona. But yeah, like I said, we'll get to the prop bets on Friday's episode. 
but the official announcement, I know a lot of people have been asking on my lives, a lot of people in the comments, a lot of people on the chalkboard app, I'm officially on the Chiefs. All right, folks, let's move into quarter two and we'll get some NBA action. So I'm just checking to see if we're recording, and we are recording. Um, and obviously, you know, massive news uh, this week. It broke that Kyrie Irving demanded a trade out of Brooklyn. Um, it, it's really, it, you can't really go a few weeks. And I always talk about how the NBA just produces content left, right, and center. And uh, this one kind of took me by surprise. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets have been rolling this season. Um, it seemed like Kyrie was playing very well. I talked about it a few episodes about the fourth quarter that I watched. Actually, it might have been two episodes ago against the Knicks where he was just the iciest guy I've ever seen. I mean, he's leading the NBA in, in fourth quarter scoring, uh, but he demands a trade out of Brooklyn. And I think that it was because of the contract situation and Brooklyn was, um, you know, unwilling to, to dish out the, the money for, for Kyrie long term. So he, made, he demands a trade out of there and he heads to the Dallas Mavericks. Unbelievable. So now we're looking at Luka Doncic and and Kyrie Irving, two of the most prolific guards in the game, will be playing together in Dallas. I don't know if you saw the clip of Mark Cuban finding out, but that guy, I mean, get that guy a box of Kleenex. He was fired up. So it's uh, Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris heading to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and picks, a first-round pick, and then I think uh, three second-round picks, or just a, you know, a bunch of picks. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Is this is that where Brooklyn draws the line? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie obviously has played in Brooklyn before. Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, adds some size to the lineup. I was reading that. It's interesting because now they've got a ton in the front court. Um, but is, are they done? Are they going to continue to move? Um, and what's that going to look like in Dallas now? Uh, that they've got two guys who demand the ball. I think they, uh, I was talking or in the chat on the chalkboard app, um, Mr. Jack Archer had mentioned that he's going to be a big fan of the overs. So we're going to ride a 10 game over streak. Unfortunately, that, that won't start tonight, yesterday night, because uh, Dallas won't be playing any of those guys. Kyrie is out. Uh, Luca's out, but the, the first game uh, that Luca and Kyrie play together, we are going to run a 10-game over streak for the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see how that does. Um, but yeah, it just groundbreaking, a blockbuster. Uh, and and when that news that when that news broke, I mean, it, it took me kind of uh, by surprise because, uh, like I said, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets have been fantastic this season. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, what Brooklyn does. I mean, I'm not sure how that affects their lineup. I mean, they're still solid, but I'm not sure they're done making moves. Kevin Durant, I thought their relationship was good with Kyrie, but obviously uh, it went uh, beyond that. Another very interesting story in the NBA. So the NBA is investigating a situation where John Morant was in an SUV after they had hosted the Indiana Pacers in a game and the Pacers were walking to their bus and an SUV drove by them and there was a red dot coming out of the SUV, which a security guard later confirmed was absolutely a gun. And a red dot was on some of the Pacer players from John Morant's vehicle. What? Unbelievable news. So John Morant is, was rolling around with a crew with guns, apparently with a red dot sight, and was pointing it at the Pacers players. Um, this is obviously massive news out of the NBA, so we'll see what comes of this investigation, but, um, I don't know if Jaw was the one with the gun. I don't know who was in that vehicle. I mean, there's going to be, obviously there'll be a massive investigation here. Uh, I would assume there would be some security cameras, uh, in and around where these players were walking, but what a scary situation that would be. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they were fear, they were, they were fearful for their lives. Uh, some of these Pacer players were vocal about that and, uh, John Morant apparently pulling a Gilbert Arenas and packing uh, at the game. So the gun violence, 
in the United States, I'll, I'll take a minute. It's just been just disgusting, and I, I I don't know you know what to what to say or what to do, but it's just it's just horrifying. Uh, it seems like almost every day uh, you hear about another mass killing, gun violence in the United States. So. Uh, terrible, terrible news, but uh, John Morant apparently rolling around with one. So this week's going to be an exciting week for LeBron James. We've been talking about it in the last few episodes. He's going to break um, a, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for most points of all time in the NBA, and I think he's like around 60 points away, 50-some. Um, so he'll probably, they play tomorrow night in OKC, Tuesday night. Uh, so I guess tonight against OKC, I think he breaks it on Thursday versus the Bucks. Um, so that's going to be a must watch. That kind of gives us some Thursday action to watch. Uh, so we'll be watching the golf all day. Clearly, I'll get into that. But uh, but LeBron, that's going to be exciting. And, and I talked about it last episode. What's the what's the celebration going to be? Blah blah blah. It's just going to be phenomenal. But staying on the LeBron train, he's been kind of he's he was he was upset on Twitter that they didn't trade for Kyrie as soon as the Kyrie trade. Um, uh, as soon as the the Kyrie trade request broke, he tweeted the eyes emoji and and a crown emoji, which is obviously very cryptic. Um, and then uh, and then when he got traded to Dallas, he said something along the lines of he tweeted something along the lines of like, is it because of me? Uh, anyway, LeBron obviously clearly upset. He couldn't bring in or recruit Kyrie Irving uh, to the Lakers. Um, and I'm fairly certain that the Brooklyn Nets general manager was like yeah we were doing everything in our power not to trade him to the los angeles lakers and it came out too it, we saw some of the trade packages that were offered to the brooklyn nets for Kyrie. the suns offered up chris paul um jameson crowder uh and uh and picks and and uh, the clippers offered uh, a nice package as well and then the lakers uh westbrook um there was a few i forget the entire package from um, from from the Lakers, but it uh, a lot of teams were in on Kyrie. Obviously, when a when a player of that caliber becomes available in in, in pro sports, it's uh, it gets your attention uh, to say the least. So obviously, the Lakers missed out on it. And LeBron was upset, but excited for him that he'll be breaking the record on on Thursday on trade deadline day. Uh, but I think that that really sets the tone, um, and it's going to be interesting to see what teams. Um, you know, go, try to make some noise. I think this makes Dallas, um, you know, a top six team in the West. I, I really do. I really think that this team is going to be fun to watch. Uh, obviously, Christian Wood in the mix there too. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm excited to to see what this trade line brings on Thursday. Another interesting uh, scene happened this week in the NBA or this past weekend. The Orlando Magic and Minnesota Timberwolves were playing, and there was a massive altercation that led to five ejections, uh, five ejections, suspensions. Austin Rivers was right in the middle of it. He had some great sound bites. Um, obviously, Doc Rivers' son Austin now playing in Minnesota. Uh, so, if you haven't seen that clip, go check it out. There was a big brawl in that game, and um, I think that there were some one-game suspensions handed out, uh, three of them. So. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it hasn't been too crazy of a week. Uh, obviously, some major headlines with the Kyrie trade um, and the and the uh, John Morant SUV situation, which they're investigating. And and uh, but yeah, we have the deadline coming in a few days. So Friday, I'm assuming uh, Friday's episode, we will have a ton of news to talk about. I think I'm going to get some people to call in too about Super Bowl props. So Thursday will be a fun up, or Friday will be a fun episode. Uh, but we'll wait to really dive into the NBA until we've got a full on landscape refresh with trades and um you know kind of statements from teams to see which direction they're going all right ladies and gentlemen we're moving into quarter three and we're talking about the nhl and we've got to start with it's it was nhl all-star weekend um and it was skills competition on friday night nhl all-star game on saturday um 
and I, I was fairly vocal on Twitter and, and in the chalkboard app. You know, I, I was disappointed. And um, you know what? I don't know how disappointed I should be. Um, you know, I don't think that this this whole event is really tailored towards an individual like myself. I think that it might be for the broader audience, maybe the younger audience, um, and ensuring that the players are having a good time. Um, but I, I really do think that the, the skills competition on Friday night was... It, it was a little unorganized, in my opinion. It was. I, I don't think they did, uh, you know, a strong enough job at, um, you know, making these these events compelling. I mean, there's there's a lot of history to some of these events. Um, the hardest shot was was one for me. Like during the the kind of the three v the three on all breakaway challenge uh, for the goaltenders. The I forget what they called it, uh, but two goaltenders, one would be in the net, one would be shooting down the ice. Um, and then if he missed the net, it'd be a uh, three on zero. Um, if or I'm sorry, if he missed the net, it would be a, a just a solo breakaway. If he hit the net, it would be a two on zero. And if he got it in the kind of the little hole that was in the net all the way down the ice, it would be a three on zero versus the goaltender in between the pipes. But I was watching these goalies rip puck after puck after puck. I think I watched them shoot like six seven pucks each. Um, but what they did, we did get to see some, uh, some of the women, uh, from the, uh, PWHL play. Uh, so that was fun, uh, see them involved in that, uh, shootout. And one of the girls absolutely ripped one bar down. Um, but then when you get to the hardest shot, I mean, we're looking at Ovechkin and, and Pedersen and, um, you know, we're, we're Seth Jones and, and, uh, and they only get to shoot twice each and it takes about you know, 30 seconds for this to go by. Ovechka rips one off the post and then just gets one more shot. So I watched Linus Allmark take more shots than Ovechkin during the hardest shot. Um, the accuracy shooting I thought was was well done, but I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that you've got to make the conclusions, you know, quick more quickly you've got to you know kind of maybe start it off with a boom whether it's um you know I, I know i know the fastest skater was was the first event but um you know these are there those the, those events are the staples for me so the the accuracy shooting the, the hardest shot and the fastest skater um and then the kind of the incremental events i think you've got to have a little bit more fun and i think they're trying a little too hard i did really like the 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 power three challenge of florida but like like let's actually have like let, let's make it actual golf um, or if you're going to do what they did with the hockey pucks, have some guys with a little bit more personality. I mean, I, the Robertson, Suzuki, Keller, and, and Johnny Hockey, I mean, there was must have been 10 words said between the four of them. It was very awkward to me. Um, and then the boys out hitting the surfboards in the dunk tank, I mean, I'm pretty sure they were buckled. I mean, none of them were really saying too much. Uh, some of them were missing by wide margins on the, on the snowboard, on the, on the surfboard. So uh, in terms of, of, of having a solution and how you make it, uh, more captivating and more compelling. Obviously, I think some more bigger prizes uh, for the players. And I don't think that you have to go, you know, too exotic with the events. Um, but, I mean, it, I'm I'm quick to criticize, uh, but, it, you know, I was watching it. And, and I think that, I, and I hope that some people enjoyed it. They did get ripped apart online. And I do think that they will, you know, reevaluate some things and hit the drawing board again. Um, but I think one thing that they have to do is figure out the the goaltending and, and breakaway challenge with the, with the players because the players have such great shootout moves that they could try in the um, in the skills competition, and you know we don't we don't really see it when especially two when there's a three on zero and two on zero. I mean everybody's looking for that one more pass, um, but I think that the breakaways can be better done. I want to see more shots from the harder shot. Um, and, uh, I mean, the fastest skater is, it is what it is. Uh, McDavid, unfortunately didn't get to do it. 
um, and Shvetchnikov ended up winning. But I mean, there was uh, I didn't feel as if they did a good enough job at showcasing the personality of the players because we know you know you maybe you're not accustomed to it, but you know these guys. Some of these guys are absolutely beauties, and and they have so much to say, and they, and they like to joke around. And I'm nervous that that the media and the culture of today's media, um, you know, being so you know, being so sensitive and so quick to judge and so quick to, you know, you know, not laugh at things that, that might, that the majority might find funny, um, and, and poke fun at each other. I mean, I feel as if people might be nervous and people might really walk the line, um, and, and you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to get canceled, you know, know, whatever it, it may be, but I'm worried that that has really taken over, um, you know, maybe some of the ability of, of these players to want to have fun and say some things and chirp and, and, and do things like that of that na- things of that nature. So, all in all, I, d- I don't think it was as, it was as, I don't think we're we've got a, a solution for you know how to, you know for the final product of the All Star Game and how to really make it um, you know how to really make it uh, you know to its to its best ability and, and you know you're never gonna you're never gonna have every, you know a unified um, you know solution or, or um, gosh, I just completely lost my train of thought, folks. Let me reset here. Where's my coffee? Oh, it's not. It's not even close to me. Um, but yeah, you're never gonna satisfy everybody. So you know, for me, I may not have enjoyed it, and I might have thought it slow at times, and I might have found that they weren't doing a good enough job at showcasing the personality of players. But that's only my opinion. And you know what? I don't think the NHL really gives a shit about my opinion. Uh, all right, continuing on the NHL, Sidney Crosby. He was vocal, and obviously that, that was a, a highlight for me. Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby having so many, you know, obviously playing on a line together during the three-on-three tournament and you know, the, the breakaway challenge. Forgot to mention about that. Uh, scrap that. I mean, watching Mitch Marner come out in a suit and Pasternak being happy Gilmore, I mean, that was just incredibly cringy. Um, Ovi's son, highlight of the night. Is he going to play in the NHL? A question for y'all. Yes. Sergei Ovechkin will be an NHL player. But Sidney Crosby was vocal um, during an interview during the, the All-Star Weekend, and he said that the NHL playoffs needs to change. It needs to go back to 1v8, or, or the 1-8-2-7-3-6-4-5 matchups. I agree. I talked a little bit about it last episode. Um, right now, Toronto sits in third in the league, I do believe. Tampa Bay at sixth, and they're set to play each other in the first round. I mean, it just makes no sense uh, right now. And I talked about it, I think, last episode by the NHLs. They wanted to reduce travel in the first few rounds. They wanted to build rivalries. And I just don't think it's fair for teams to have such successful playoff or such such successful regular season and have to play each other in the first round. So I think that that will be addressed uh, this offseason, especially too when, you know, maybe the most legendary player in your game is being vocal about it. Bo Horvat, who got traded to the New York Islanders, has signed an eight-year deal, eight by 8.5 extension with the New York Islanders. Lou Lamorello came out afterwards and said that's too long and too much money, um, which is odd for the guy that just signed the deal. But uh, but Bo Horvat's going to be on the island for for long term. So um, I'm on the Islanders tonight, actually. Uh, it'll be his first game, so we'll see how he does. Uh, Dylan Strom signs an extension in Washington. He seems like he's found some comfort there in Washington. Five years at $5 million, so five years, $25 million. Uh, so happy for Dylan Strome. Uh, I'm not sure Chicago obviously let him walk this offseason uh, as a UFA. Probably last uh, trade deadline, they probably could have got some compensation for him. Uh, but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Hindsight's 2020. Uh, interesting situation in Detroit. Uh, it's been 
it's been you know publicized how much of a tough negotiator Stevie Eiserman is uh, with the players and contracts. And Dylan Larkin, obviously a fantastic two-way center for the Detroit Red Wings, and their captain uh, is due up on a deal, and you know his contract will expire at the end of the season. Um, but I don't think they're close, and I think that he's asking for money, more money than Stevie Wise uh, willing to give. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they don't, um, you know, if they're far enough apart, would they ever? Think about trading Dylan Larkin at the deadline. So that's going to be a, more, a situation to monitor in Detroit. Like, would they trade their captain? We've already seen one NHL captain get traded. Who knows? And Stevie Y, I mean, he's a tough uh, tough negotiator by by all uh, accounts. So uh, we'll see what happens with Dylan Larkin. Um, but yeah, so the NHL starts back up. Obviously, it was a, it was a nice uh, break last week at the NHL All-Star, but we're back in action here on Monday. So uh, we'll get some bets going. We'll uh, we'll continue to monitor the trade uh, with the trade deadline just about a month away. We'll continue to uh, to monitor that, and, and we'll continue to talk about the playoff races that, uh, that begin to heat up. All right. I've got to check something quick here, folks. I've got to look up what the leaderboard's looking like because the PGA Tour this week, it was at Pebble Beach. Uh, they played three courses, Pebble Beach, Monterey Peninsula, and um, Spyglass Hill. And Saturday, they had 14 guys withdraw. The weather was terrible. Um, okay, so the Monday finish, Justin Rose has officially won. So that's great for Justin Rose. He wins by three um, over Brendan Todd. So, so congrats to Justin Rose. I mean, a, a major winner. Um, on on the PGA Tour, uh, just a veteran, a, a grizzled veteran who, um, you know, this this is a guy. If he can continue to trend, he'll he's a guy that uh, will probably contend at a major or two. He's he loves, um, you know, uh, playing in those big time events. So uh, so Monday finish, yeah, like I said, fourteen players withdrew due uh, due to the uh, due to the weather. But I'm I'm thankful that we're past these events with the pro ams and all these different courses. And um, I actually didn't have any action this week. Um, which is unfortunate because typically when I get in the action, whether it's some DraftKings lineups or some bets, some missed the cuts bets. Anyway, I, I'm really, you know, the PJ tour is really fun to follow from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, from Thursday to Sunday, but I didn't really have much on the go. Obviously Maverick McNeely, my one and done pick was one of the players to withdraw. So I wasn't very happy about that, but, um, I think there was an individual in the one and done pool who took Justin Rose. So congratulations for taking Justin Rose. That's a big win, but we all turn our heads to the waste management this week. One of the more fun events in the PGA Tour this week. And if you're not a golf fan, this is a fantastic tournament to turn into. Obviously, the 16th hole is the famous hole. It's a stadium par three. It's in, it's engulfed by stands and people getting drunk. It's just unbelievable. There's a hole in one. It rains beers and beer bottles or beer cans, I should say, onto the green and the hole. It's such a fun event. And and they the crowd gets loud. So obviously typically in golf, you you can't say anything. You can't, you know, you can't make noise while the players are playing. Well, this is the complete opposite of the waste management. People are loud and people are getting into it. They throw on sports jerseys. It's a super fun event. And it's an elevated event this year. So there's a $20 million purse for the players this year at TPC Scottsdale in Arizona at the waste management. $3.6 million to the winner. So last year, the winner was Scotty Scheffler. Uh, guys like Hideki Matsuyama has won it twice in 2016, 2017. Uh, uh, Xander Shalfi is coming off at second and third the last two years. There's a bunch of guys who play well here. John Rahm went to school at Arizona State, so he likes playing at this golf course. It's going to be such a tremendous tournament. I cannot wait. So I'm between two golfers. I can't pick who... I can't say... Know for sure who I'm going to pick, but I like Xander Shoffley, obviously coming off a second and third his last two seasons here, and I like Scotty Scheffler here. 
But do I save one of those two for a major? I lean saving Scotty Scheffler. Um, so I think I'm probably going to take Xander Shoffley this week, uh, TPC Scottsdale. But folks, this is going to be unbelievable. Uh, cannot wait to watch. I'll have some content surrounding it on my on my socials. But uh, extremely fired up for the waste management this week. TPC Scottsdale, it's going to be amazing. Uh, make sure you guys get your one-and-done picks in. Look on the socials for some bets, uh, and we'll be talking about it in the chalkboard for sure. Uh, and just finally, in the UFC, Conor McGregor is making his return. He'll be doing the ultimate fighter. So what he does is he coaches a team of five, six fighters, and uh, Michael Chandler will coach a team of five, six fighters, and they'll have a bunch of matchups, and they'll end up being a winner of the ultimate fighter. And then at the end, the coaches fight. So Conor McGregor will fight uh Michael Chandler, I think sometime in August or September. So Conor McGregor's making his return to the UFC against Michael Chandler. Obviously going to be an absolute bloodbath. These guys have a great style. Michael Chandler, all offense. I'm really excited about that. Obviously, it's been a long time since we've seen Conor McGregor after he snapped his leg against Dustin Poirier. Um, So that's the news in the UFC. Folks, I'm going to get you guys, some of you guys to call in on Thursday for the Super Bowl preview. We'll talk sports. I appreciate you guys. All love. Have a fantastic week. It's going to be an amazing week of sports. We've got the waste management on Thursday starting, and um, we got LeBron probably going to pass. He's going to have the all-time lead in points this week. We've got the Super Bowl on Sunday. It's going to be a fun week, folks. Everybody have a great week of work. Five-star the episode. Make sure you're on the socials. Let's do it. <laughs>